welcome to Sitcom Geeks. I'm Dave Cohen. And I'm James Carey. And joining us uh, today, on uh, we have quite, quite a gang, really. We have a comedian, a writer, a podcaster extraordinaire, Hannah George. Hello. And we have a writer, comedy writer, kids TV writer, Joe Williams. Hello. And we have writer, performer, giggler, actually, over there in the corner, uh, and um, all-round general humour, very funny man, uh, is Mark Evans. Hello. I don't know what a general humour funny man yes, is. That's, but, it sounds uh, like that's Google Translate yeah. speaking through you, I, I think. Just, I've never had so many, uh, we've never had so many guests on, and I was kind of running out of adjectives by the time I got to Mark there, so sorry about that. Yeah, that's but, all right. We'll get you some more adjectives for Christmas. Thank you very much. Okay, so. The worrying thing is, we're all sober. Um, <laughs> And this is very much an end-of-year party kind of atmosphere, but the party mm. hasn't actually started yet, even though it sounds like, mm. you know, it really has. That's a bit of a worry, isn't it? We're all hopped up on tea. We're all hopped up on tea. <laughs> tea and water. Tea and water. Yeah. Here we go. Um, so thanks very much for joining us, everyone. Uh, there's lots and lots to talk about. We're going to sort of slightly look back at what we've learned this year, both individually and uh, professionally, maybe. Um, but first, it would be good to talk about uh, DIY comedy, and that's something that we've talked about uh, a number of times uh, on the podcast and so um we have somebody here who has literally been out there and making their own comedy in the form of in the form of hannah um why don't you tell people who are listening uh what have you done what have i done and how was it <laughs> how was it okay um well, in terms of being drunk on a podcast, that is one of the things that I uh, sort of make myself. Oh. Uh, it's a podcast called Drunk Women Solving Crime. And that is, I mean, it's exactly what it says on the tin. We get drunk, talk about true crime in a kind of quiz style format and have guests on each week, sort of celebrity guests, as it were. Um, and that's been quite the most recent sort of thing I've been making myself. Um, mm. And that's brilliant because people sort of, it just gives you a sort of, gives you a bit of a name because it's, it's going quite well. So people start to know who you are a bit, a bit more than when, I don't want to say just a writer, but when you're just, I know, when you're just a writer on your own, mm. you know, you can have the busiest year of your life and not actually get anything on telly. So, you know, actually every single week having a 40 minute show coming out with some really big names attached to it. Um, it's great. Yeah. And people start to realise yeah. who I am a bit more. Uh, and, sorry, do you actually do the podcast? Slightly drunk. Sure, yeah, not slightly. Like, okay. Yeah, we. Right, you genuinely get drunk as it gets. So does it sort of start relatively sober? And yeah, we've normally it? had maybe one before we right. record, but then we do two recordings in one night. So and do you do oh, the wow. crimes first, or? <laughs> yeah, we just solve our own. Which is what can we get up to? We're not going to need material, so you can have to do crimes. What, what do you drink on the podcast? What's well, the... we get sent free booze, which is just like this sounds like an alcoholic's scam. I mean, it's kind of it is. It's great. Brilliant. I mean, yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. We do get, yeah, just a bunch of, of yeah, of free booze. And we don't, you know, it depends on each episode how drunk we get. But um, but it is quite fun. It kind of, I don't want to perform anymore. Like I used to do comedy and it makes me very nervous. And I don't do it anymore. So you um, can only do it drunk? Essentially, yes. We've been right, doing like wow. live shows at the Pleasance and we're going to do Edinburgh, I think. And like, mm. Are you going to be drunk for a whole month? Yeah, well... <laughs> Because that is the city to do it in, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. This is the reason where I think we're only going to go up kind, for a few yeah, days. I don't know that you'll necessarily stand out in the Edinburgh Festival, actually. Yeah. What, just being drunk? It is yeah. just one drunk continuum of drunk, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. John Hegley's dictum was always, you must always be half a pint more sober than your audience. <laughs> I, oh, uh, no, that's, that's not happened for us. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. That's a good... Yeah. Uh, 
Um, but yeah, otherwise I've just sort of made little, um, I made a web series a few years ago, maybe three or four years ago, which was just a script that got picked up by Hattrick and then never got made as, you know, lots of scripts don't, but it was one that I was like, I really love this script. And it was, you know, a mockumentary set in a school, so I could actually shoot it because I went back to my old school and said, can I shoot it here? And they were like, yeah, here are the keys. Wow. Which, yeah, Brilliant. Which, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And could you teach the kids at the same time? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there is a teacher, yeah, a shortage of maths teachers. Could have been very welcome. Yeah, yeah. you weren't handing alcohol out and that. Uh, no, no, that, that was right, more of a right. more of a yeah. sober thing. And uh, uh, in fact, your latest uh, piece, uh, what, mm. uh, what's it called again? Where are you from? Is it yeah, it's Where Are You From? Has the been game. nominated for the a Writers Guild Online Comedy Award. Yes. Well done. Ooh. Thanks, guys. That's excellent. I felt yeah. good. Thank you. <laughs> What's nice about it, though, is that the Writers Guild Award only added that a couple of years ago. And I think it's great. It's really forward thinking of them to be like, well, let's do something for online comedy as well. Because there's not. What you get out of it, I think, is people start to know your work, they know your name a bit more. But there's certainly not a lot of money in it, if you saw. I, mean, I had one, like, so that one I made for BBC Three, which, you know, it's not got a huge budget anyway, so it didn't really come away, you don't come away from that with a lot of money. Yeah. So, you know, getting nominated for an award was amazing. Can I just ask how easy did you find it actually shooting the stuff and editing it and actually making your own series effectively? You know? Yeah, I find it, I've just got lots of people around me who are great at that and okay. want to do it and you know, although we have a small budget, there's like an editor that I always use for everything because he's brilliant and is a very good friend. Like I performed the ceremony at his wedding, like you know, he will he will do stuff with me because you know we like working together and then yeah I've got a girl who shoots things so I've got a team that I like to work with and I've done that quite a lot um so once you've got those people around you're like do you want to do you think you do it again yeah yeah we're gonna make another one soon okay yeah 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 yeah, yeah. and then yeah this was the thing we would uh talk about in a podcast before last with uh Tin and Duab about uh you know when you're doing it yourself but you are uh, there's always a sort of danger that maybe because um, there's not a huge amount of money that maybe you are kind of spreading yourself too thin. Do you find that's uh, sometimes a, an issue? No, not really. I think that even if I'm working on any time that I'm making my own stuff, I'm also a lot of the time working on a show as well. So I just find the time in between uh, like things to, to do it. So I don't think I'm kind of... And then if I suddenly get a job that means I have to work really, really hard for a very long time, I can always just say oh, we'll shoot it in a few weeks or something. Um, so it's not, I find that I can do it, but I like I like working a lot. So, uh, you know, if I wasn't making these things myself, I'd just be, you know, mm. if I didn't have any work, just doing. And what do you feel that you've learned through making your own stuff? Is there stuff that you have a newfound respect for actors or directors or producers or editors or that kind of thing? Um, yeah, I think just... You never really, because the thing is, so I had one thing that went like super viral. I don't know if that's even a word for it, but it has like over a hundred million views and counting. Like, it'll be going pandemic, I think. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It went pandemic. And the thing with that is, it's kind of um, people are like, how did you do it? And it's like, literally, I don't know. Like, after a while, when you put something up there, it takes on its own thing and it either I mean you know I sent it to Chortle and I sent it to the British Comedy Guide and you know I kind of tried to get it into a few places but after a while it got to the top of Reddit I think and that's when it had the tipping point and went crazy Um, so with that there's almost no secret to it apart from the fact I think it was a good sketch a good idea done in 30 seconds really like really Mm. quick Um, 
so yeah, almost like there's no secret. If you think something's funny, I thought it was funny and I told it to someone and they were like, I don't get it. And I was like, well, I'm going to make it anyway. And then I rub it in their face. <laughs> sometimes, some, sometimes I think that's the best thing. I've often found the things where you go, oh, I've got this idea. And you go, oh, that's really funny. That's great. You go, well, it might be a bit too simple if it's gone in the head that quickly. Whereas when you explain something when they go, oh, I'm a bit baffled, I often go, I might be onto something here. <laughs> I mean, I, often I'm very wrong. I'm wrong about almost everything. But sometimes it's the ideas I think that people don't get instantly. You go, I think this is going to be more interesting. Yeah. Slightly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's always a good way of winning the argument in the pub as well that 100 million people agree with yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hands up in this pub. Who's seen the sketch? It would probably be some people. I mean, sorry to be... Uh, this is a writer's podcast, really, isn't it? So we're going to have to, we're gonna have to talk about money at some point. If you get 100 million hits, surely at some point you start making some money... Yeah, I mean, bit. so we did make a little bit of money from okay. that from that sketch. So the minute that it started, this was like only maybe two and a half years ago or something. And that was when you could put something on YouTube and people would watch it on YouTube because Facebook didn't have their own upload it to Facebook yeah. videos yeah. or upload it to Twitter. Because it's so hard to work out how much, like how many views your thing has had because you have to do it all on these separate platforms now yeah. and Instagram or whatever. Not only are we in the most echoey room in London, there is now a refuse van outside yes, emptying yeah. the bins. Yes, they've so. come to pick up the remains of my tattered career. It's <laughs> <laughs> fine, it's fine, they'll be gone soon. There's really not much to get in there. Well, there it is, being crushed yeah. into a well, tiny like, ball is, of waste. Um, this has been recorded at the office of my agents, and so like 10% of every person who's here is being crushed and absolutely <laughs> pulped. Only 10%, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah the point is we did make some money because on about the second day of it going a bit crazy uh, a company from America got in contact saying can we like represent the video Um, so I I was really drunk that night classic and um, yeah you're my best mate yeah (laughs) Yeah, have I did. It. Seriously, have yeah. it. I, did. I signed a contract and I was like, it's fine. Um, and actually, it is fine. I did read it through. Um, but yeah, it was just basically they would collect money from places that would sort of buy a license to it. or So it was on, um, yeah. what do you call it? Uh, RudeTube bought it and put it on RudeTube on Channel 4. And right. then I think for some reason the Playboy website bought it it's just this sketch about a father it's really weird that they bought it but I you know so you know we made we did make a bit of money considering it was shot on a mobile phone and it was just a silly little video yeah. but the 100 million well about 80 million of the 100 million views came from one place on Facebook that uploaded it right. yeah which is annoying because they uploaded it and punched in on our video and took my little logo off it. Like, oh. really, really, really naughty. And then they got some money out of them, but, like, literally 150 quid for them to use it. Wow. And part of me is like, okay, it's good because I can say that this thing has had 100 million views. That's great. But... There comes a point where you do... You should be entitled to some of the money. Sure, if that had all been on YouTube, then yeah. the monetization on that would be more, much more than 150 yeah. quid. Ten quid, yeah. a, ten quid a view, isn't it? You'd have retired. Oh, uh, yeah, exactly. I'd be almost yeah. a billionaire. <laughs> and that is a, I mean, that's a I serious... that's how it works. There's a serious issue within um, social media and stuff. And I, I've read in the last couple of years how the toxicity of Facebook in terms of they don't want, they don't want to link to YouTube. They want you to upload the video mm. to uh, Facebook and you don't make any money yes, out of that. Yeah, that's it. And yeah. therefore, they're, you know, they're strangling links to YouTube. And so I remember there was an article I read recently where it was like, you know, independent comedy producers who make stuff for YouTube are now saying, I don't know how we're meant to make this work now, given that Facebook yeah. are actively hostile towards YouTube and Facebook 
won't monetize anything. So what are you meant to do? Exactly. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. We sort of we got it just before that change, but then you, that change has happened now. Yeah. Although saying. you still got screwed. Yeah. So it's all right, everyone. Yeah. Don't worry. <laughs> no, absolutely. Yeah. It's um. It is weird as well, like, literally as soon as it started going viral, like, on YouTube, there were about 20 different videos of people uploading it on their own channels. Yeah. There was all these people on Facebook taking it, and as soon as that goes viral, people just download it and re-upload it as their own thing. Mm. One guy um, <laughs> downloaded it, re-uploaded it, and you watch it for about five seconds, then it cuts to his band playing, which I just oh, thought was brilliant. really funny. Oh, extraordinary. Wow. Just that's to try and trick people to watch his band. That's, that's really <laughs> desperate. <laughs> that, that'll probably work. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I watched the whole video, they're all yeah. right, but... It is the Wild West out there, isn't it, really, on the internet? Yeah, just, it is. Yeah. What's the plan, do you think, would it be for writers who are trying to get into that? Do you think it is that you have to set up your own channel and then be providing content to that... And then once you've done it enough and you're getting enough of a throughput of stuff, then you'll build an audience that way. Yeah, I, I mean, I suppose so. It's so hard. To, it's so hard to say, like in terms of making any money from it, even when you're making it for BBC Three or for Comedy Central or Channel Four, there's so such small budgets that you certainly can't yeah. make a living from doing, yeah. you know, online um, at least online sketches, maybe with, a, you know, sometimes they do like a series of slightly longer things. Mm. You might have more of a... Do you think there's a model of... Sorry, Dave, but do you think there's a model of maybe, you know, ganging up with people into sort of collective communities and, you know, if you all agree you're going to do, you know, a minute every 10 days or whatever and then you have your YouTube channel and you become like a... I, I don't the Zoella of comedy or, or like funny or die or something like yeah that. something like that but I guess other people have tried that already I mean I, I know very little about mm. these things because I'm resolutely yeah. analogue and crap about these things but I don't, I don't I think people do Mark's not, not even on YouTube. Facebook whoa yeah. well, no I think that's perfectly reasonable no no no, no. <laughs> nowadays it's more reasonable yeah. you, you, you Zuckerberg don't... and I have history I'm just, <laughs> just not I'm sticking with MySpace well, I think it's really going to come back you, you've improved a lot of people have come and gone on yeah. in fact Joe is, you've sort of turned down your Facebook usage as well yeah I came off it in the last year and uh, and yeah came off Twitter I'm, yeah I'm much happier yeah. <laughs> you do just not seeing other people on holiday while I'm stuck in a hut while it's raining outside yeah. writing my 17th draft it's but made me a lot happier you, yeah. But how do you keep up with Brexit? You know, that's, well, yeah. I just have to listen. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a pretty good point. Ask, what's Brexit? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm not on Facebook. I haven't a clue what this Brexit it, is. It, is it, it a means, new form of omelette? It no, means be... Brexit. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, I mean, I was actually going to say uh, the same thing. I mean, I, I don't. I, I know they have tried it before with with uh, Funny or Die, but I think that. I guess that what might happen at some point is that somebody big like Hattrick or Avalon or or they'll all get together or something and they'll actually put some prop if they actually put some proper money into it because there are so many ways now of of um, uh, there are all the sort of platforms and channels that, and every, everything is in place now uh, and the audience is out there and it just seems like it's crying out for a model you know for some somebody to come and do something with it because there is a, so much comedy like out there. Turtle Canyon, they've done yeah. quite a lot of stuff like that. Who are the, mm. they're kind of a company that make they made I think they made James Acaster's um, Netflix specials, but I think that has but what they started as I think it's Stuart Law's guy who did who runs it and that started he's made a bunch of web series with a bunch of comedians and he's made loads of them over time and obviously built it up enough to be doing things for Netflix now, which is which is great and like but I don't know what his model was, but certainly he's got a YouTube channel with lots of different 
web series on there. But I think probably, I, don't, I can't imagine he's ever made any money from yeah. that just because, again, with, with YouTube, you have to get millions and millions and millions every single week to even make a few hundred quid. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know that's... Uh, I, I become aware of that with the, the horrible histories videos we got um, we were getting sort of million hits for them and uh, and I got something like sort of 22 quid royalties one year for that so right, that was too. very exciting <laughs> you know. yeah. Yeah. and that was again that would have been just from the official BBC posted exactly. videos yeah, yeah, and all of the others who well, repost them you don't get, you don't get anything for them no. Yeah. No, it's no. the same for music and streaming isn't it that yeah. even quite famous people are saying hang on my song was brilliantly streamed for millions of times and I got £12.50 how's that mm. fair yeah. someone's making money here yeah. Ed yeah. Sheeran yeah. is he the one who's making yeah. money yeah. but yeah. maybe maybe the mm. successful model is what you're talking about like taking stuff onto the stage so you're using it effectively as an advertising platform things yeah. like Welcome to Night Vale and the really successful sort of narrative podcast those guys are you know making a, a decent living I think because they're filling out tours yeah, and actually what's going great stage with, um, to stage with podcasts is that you've got more control over how many listeners you're getting and particularly so we're with a company called Acast and with Acast they have their sort of own platform that you can put it out on all the different sort of you know iTunes and Acast and like the Google one you know all of the different um, channels and then they are in control of putting ads on it if that's what you want and yeah and already we've only been going for three well almost four months and we're already seeing a return on it not a huge amount at the moment but it seems it feels more controlled like that like if we get the numbers then the advertising will come and it's it's already starting to come oh, that's good. um yes yeah, so that feels a bit more controlled whereas online you know nobody's going to download our podcast and upload it on their own channel because there's no yeah, point yeah you, you need you need yes you need a hosting platform for it don't you that yeah that where people will be going and they might stumble across it by chance or because they're looking for it or mm. and that's although it, it, oh, it's almost like a tv channel but well the podcast, oh, that's but it, it is though in a sense yeah. also sometimes you think clearly <laughs> clearly an algorithm has generated the advertising for this because there's no pos. i was listening to one of the first rule of three episodes with jason and joel i think it was an army recruitment um, advert or something like that oh, yeah. and I remember just thinking oh I don't think that's going to sit terribly well no. um, with, well, that's what with their feelings on uh, Tiernan was telling me about ACAS he right. said do you want to do that I said well we're kind of not we, we, we want to be advert free at the moment he said yeah that is a problem he said he got the army recruitment ad as well he, right. ma he managed to persuade them to take that off his, you can say, his you left wing can sort of comedy <laughs> political sitcom yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Young, young comedy fans make famously violent songs because <laughs> <laughs> they're so angry to be put in the army, I think. Yeah, I think that's yeah. what it is. <laughs> yes, but anyway, it, so that's that's kind of extra, you know. But it, again, if you, there are loads of different ways of monetizing your podcast in terms of, um, you know, either do we do a Patreon scheme, by the way, um, but also we have books and stuff that we that we so we do this podcast partly as a shop window mainly it's an mm. altruistic thing purely because we love comedy and we just want to encourage new writers to write decent sitcoms that's the main I'm getting, <laughs> getting filthy really? looks from the people around don't here don't encourage other people yeah. um, but then again you know it's so, so there, are, there, are, there are lots of different ways the only thing that's always frustrating is you can't all podcasts are free and you can't charge for them ever and that's the way it is. In the same way that all YouTube videos are free, yeah, and sort of monetizing that, and the ways in which that you, you know, because I've, for example, I've got a, um, uh, a, a sort of a, I did a video capture of a play that I wrote called The God Particle, 
And it's, it's when you say a video capture, do you mean you filmed the play? I filmed the so I filmed the play in that kind of way in which the National Theatre film a play. So you feel like oh. you're watching a play, yeah. um, but it's been filmed in a particular way. Right. Um, but how would I? So I can sell that on DVD, and that's fine. But eventually, the DVDs will go. How I monetize that? I can put it on YouTube, and that's fine. Um, but then it's free. How do I monetize it? It's actually really it's, hard to monetize to the, one thing. Yeah, you, you have yeah. to give the James Carey TED talk on uh, yeah. how how to monetize your your plays. Um, that seems to be it. That, that's I, I'm kind of picking up that you know the way that you that when you're involved in setting up something like and yeah. you know I brought my book out uh, at the end of this year, which was uh, which I've done all myself self-publishing and finding out all about that as well which is a uh, sim- similar world to comedy really and it's all being kind of the whole publishing world is sort of being blown apart really by by uh, the internet um, but yeah you, you kind of you're, you're whatever you're doing is setting up you you know you're selling yourself you are you are the brand and and then so it becomes you know well it's people want you yeah. you know and whether it's you the making your own play or or you the writer which is ideally what we all want is you know they want you because of who you are as a writer but that's sort of not enough anymore is it well interesting i think that that model is sort of, it's almost like a subscription channel for yourself yeah in a way it seems to work very well for people who were quite big a while ago and certainly in music i've heard of I'm trying to think who it is, but I know it's someone, it's someone like Fish from Reeling or someone like that has got subscribers and, you know, they're all happy to pay eight, ten quid a year for what he's going to produce over that year. And if you've got 100,000 hardcore fans, you are very rich for, from that. Yeah. yeah. I think there are people who can do that, but starting from the bottom up to that is really, really hard. You have to do loads of stuff for free and then sort of cross your fingers. Yeah, yeah yes. it's, it's the thing, and nowadays, for any writer going into that stuff, it's really the big question is how to cut through the white noise. Yeah. Because obviously it's an exponential growth of white noise, so how do you get your thing yeah. to yeah, start to cut not, through? Yeah, if you're not a performer as well, the more and more you sort of see sitcoms and stuff getting the commission, and it's uh, so much of it is writer-performer. Very performer. Yeah, yeah, exactly, which is... Um, which is difficult because, you know, if you're just a, just a writer, that expression that does keep coming yeah. out, unfortunately. Yeah. When, when writers are saying that themselves, I think we've got a genuine problem. Yeah. yeah. But you'll think, what you're saying is that really a writer, either if you're not a performer, you should probably be looking at trying to team up with a performer or a group of performers yeah. to start making your own stuff and build a team from that. Absolutely, or, because, yeah. Kidnapping someone famous yeah. and <laughs> making them do your yeah. stuff. And yeah. you're going to get Rowan Atkinson in the basement chained Mark, up yeah. working for food. Live stream. You're going you're gonna to. Mark, it didn't work last time, and I cannot oh, cannot no. recommend you try it again. No, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Dennis has never forgiven me. Right. You're about to end up on Hannah's podcast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but Joe, you, you're, would you say you are just a writer? I am just, just I am just a writer. But I've got my I've got two sons who are, I've got three sons, but two of them are going into unfortunately going into the creative world as well, <laughs> um, and they they've started writing and stuff. And, and my advice to them has been they're 21 and 19 has been. I, we've had conversations about it recently because I really think that if I if I was starting out now at their age in 2018, I, I would really be wanting to go down the route of creating my own stuff. I really think that to me feels like the right way for writers to go to try and, as you say, get some control over your career. And also because the tools of the trade are there. Yes, it's difficult, but especially when you're starting out, you don't necessarily have to make 
you're not necessarily trying to make a huge amount of money. You know, you're not, I've, you know, I had at one point, you know, was supporting a family. There was five of us, you know, you've got to make a certain amount of money to be able to kind of make the whole thing work. But when you're young and you're starting out, you can kind of get by on a lot less. So I think that is the time when you can sort of have the lean years, you know, and you can survive on less money. But at, it, but at that time, you should be trying to get learning the tools of the trade and making the stuff yourself. Because then if you can do that and break through and break through that white noise and create an audience for yourself, with whatever it is that your thing is, I do think you're giving yourself a huge advantage then because you then have a direct relationship between you and your audience. And I think for most of us, we do love, you know, we obviously love writing for um, the main channels, but it, it is frustrating that process of go, always going through a, mi a middleman effectively. You know, the fact that you never get a direct relationship between you and your audience. Yeah. So I think anything where I sort of think for those guys, and I would say to any writer, that feels to me like the best thing to experiment with when you're young is to do stuff yourself yeah. also just to prove pe to people like not to prove to people but just to show people that you're still making things you're still alive you're still yeah do you know what i mean like yeah when you haven't got if you like think oh i haven't got something on telly for a bit then okay i'm gonna have a sketch out and that's the next because the rest yeah. of the time you know i'm at home writing every single day yeah but people don't see that and they yeah. don't know that and, yeah and you it, can just disappear a, yeah. a lot and it's also the time it takes as well. You know, we all write stuff that then isn't necessarily on for like a year, even if it goes into production or, you know, it may be in development and never come out, you know. So yeah. I do love the idea of, and I think there's a lot to be learned, especially when you're starting out, of writing things that you then get an immediate feedback from the audience. Because it is that feedback process where you learn your craft of what you're doing. Yeah. You know, well, I, I think anyway, I think that's how you do it. That's how you do it. You know, when, early episodes when I wrote it, that's what wrote episodes and that it was only when I actually saw them go out, you suddenly realised, oh, damn, I should have done it. To differently, you know, right. there was a much there was a much better way of telling that story. Or you, also, or you die on your ass as a stand-up, or, yeah. or doing sketches, and you go, yeah. well, I better you either sharpen up or get out quite yeah. quick, or yeah. don't care and carry on. Yeah, but, yeah. And also, I think you do need, depending on what sort of writer you are, it is good to have doing some live stuff, or whatever. And that's you know, this play I wrote, The God Particle. I'm doing a show next year about Thomas Beckett. Um, it's great. One of the people people sometimes ask me why I do it, and I usually say it's great to do a show that the BBC can't cancel. <laughs> yeah. And you wait, you shouldn't have said that. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to find a way. They're going to find a way. So you know, the God Particle I think has done four or five UK tours. It's probably been performed you know 100, 200 times or something like that. And you know, I did a show in 2017 about Martin Luther and the 95 Theses. Boy, do I know how to pick a hot topic. <laughs> um, and so obviously the next yeah. one is uh, Thomas Beckett. Um, the musical. Because sort of, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Really, really? Yeah. It is. Um, because, oh, nice. well, nice. 20, nice call. because 2020 is the 850th anniversary of the murder of Thomas Beckett, which is like one of the only dates that they almost require children to actually learn. Um, so, um, but I think for me, it's just hearing an audience laughing at something that you've written, I think is a little bit of a shot in the arm that you sometimes need. Yeah. Yeah. And there's that kind of democratic feeling of like, well, they laughed, so I must be doing something right. And just as a morale boost as well, I think that's, that's just a nice thing to do. And also it makes, it makes it look like you've got some stuff going on, even though you've produced it yourself. <laughs> yeah. they might, they just think, you have no idea how little money this mm. makes, but at least I'm doing something. The, yeah. the problem that I find, then, and James, I'm sure you find this as, as well, is that um, yeah, you are a writer, and you're a very good writer. Oh, as well, bless but, you. But uh, you, know, you are now also the producer, Mark. The rest of us are nodding, by the way. We're not, we're not <laughs> silent because we disagree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Speak you're for yourself. Uh, you're weirdly silent. <laughs> you're the accountant. Sorry, you're yeah. the HR. Yeah. 
yeah. And um, you know, so, and it, it is that that's the thing that that drives me a bit crazy sometimes is is being all those other things that yeah. you kind of take for granted when you've got your own. You know, you're making when you make a write a script for the BBC, even if you're just like a, a writer there. You know, you go it goes to the assistant who's working on the show and they format it and they go through a process and all the stuff of, and you get a contract and you sign that and then you get paid eventually um but you know it's not you doing all that stuff that just takes hours and it's the stuff that i hate doing as well so it takes even longer because i sort of sit and look at it for half an hour and then think oh sod it probably best that i go on twitter for 20 minutes and shout about brexit now and um <laughs> Just to chill he's out. Just, um, yeah. he's, he's just to re- stop myself having to... For the benefit of the listener, Dave is now rocking backwards and forwards. <laughs> how, how, do you, how, do you, how do you shout on Twitter? Do you use exclamation marks, capital letters? Uh, I'm actually usually very quiet and okay. uh, well-mannered, well-spoken, really. Uh, that's why I don't have a big following. So. <laughs> <laughs> you have oh, you're on reasonable Twitter. Yeah, I even can't yeah. do Twitter properly. But I think um, that's, that is the question for writers, though. For writers, I mean, now, but also writers coming forward is that are those though the skills that you should be learning should we effectively should writers of the future be expanding their skill set I know we hate doing that stuff Mm. but is that the the nettle that has to be grasped in order to be able to you know build a career differently in the future model that you discussed earlier sounds like a very good idea if you get sort of 10 writers together um and once then nothing will get done (laughs) (laughs) there will be a lot of whining and moaning once they (laughs) once they stop moaning and 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 (laughs) once you've sorted out england's batting order for the first test in the west indies then you might actually get some work done yeah but i mean they're they're obviously in a sense we found you know james and i doing this podcast you know james is great at doing the the uh, actual recording and editing, and he loves doing that. And I like doing the kind of writing stuff and preparing, and and so it's kind of worked out quite well that yeah. way. Um, if you had sort of ten people, and you had one who had a sort of penchant for doing accounts, say, as well as being a writer, one who is good at the technical, one who's good at the PR, or whatever. I so, would say the best thing for that would be not to have ten writers, but to be have ten people around you who you're the writer, and yeah. you've got two actors, you've got an editor, like kind of what I have, I guess. What a great like, idea. Yeah, yeah, kind of because if you've got ten writers, they'll all go like, "Oh, I've written these scripts, I want to make mine," yeah. and then yeah. you know, yeah. sort of then what happens? Yeah. Like people have sometimes come to me and said, "Oh, I've." got this sketch do you want to make it and it's, to be honest it's not in my interest I know it sounds awful but it's not in my interest to ask favours of these people that I sort of create things with you know as a group mm. to, you know to, to make someone else because really I want my writing up there if you see what I mean yeah. um, because it does take time and it's it's calling in favours and now you know now we're making things for BBC Three it means that I can pay them a little bit not a lot but you know and then soon you know we all want to make a feature film together at some point which probably won't happen but may or may not happen it will make it Come on, do it do it <laughs> yeah well this is the thing I might just do it but yeah. like you know that seems like as a writer you know get some good find some good actors that you can work with well like my sketches work because I know the actors that I want to work with and I write it around them really because yeah. they make me look better yeah I think work with people that do make your writing better and and they would say that they're actors and they need writing that makes them look good and yeah because they're not doing anything either no that's true most most actors are not working for most of the time and would rather do something than nothing I mean even successful popular actors are still very few are 
really busy all the time. And people love it. It's amazing yeah. if, you, if you're doing if you're doing a radio pilot, for example, uh, you know, in the traditional medium of radio, mm. then you can <laughs> ring someone up, and if you know Patrick Stewart's in town, has to be free and fancies not learning some lines, but doing some really fun jokes in the script, they might go, yeah, I'm free. I'll, I'll do that tomorrow afternoon for yeah. you know minimal money, but they might come and do it. It's yeah. it's really amazing that you people, actors love acting. It turns yeah. out, but yeah. the, as I mean, to writers, you hate writing, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, the system's completely changing. I mean, it mm. is absolutely changing. It's going to be unrecognisable in you know, I mean, even in sort of five, ten years, let alone twenty, yeah. thirty years. Mm. And the thing that is different is that we're living in a world now where you can go and make something in whatever small way that it gets out there initially. But an audience, if it loves it, will come and find it on. You know, mm. so you do things, see things like podcasts and mm. YouTube channels and, you know, all this kind of stuff from different content coming out there that can an audience, if it gets out there and it does go viral or it's just the bills, that they will come. Yeah. And you can then, and that has never been able to be done before. You know, you yeah. could never do that before, as now it can be there. So, and it that feels is like, relationship, yeah. you know. I mean, I'm, I'm old enough to remember watching uh, the sorts of programs on the BBC or Channel 4 about American public access television. And you just think this is this is media made by mad people, <laughs> because people are people are taking really seriously a TV station that is one program and will be watched by three hundred people, um, and it was just it was a lot of pointing and laughing. Bespoke and it artisanal takes, television, but it, but it takes a long time to 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 deprogram yourself from that, and the fact that. A YouTube video is is visible in every you know everywhere in the world probably except China and Iran, um, and North Korea obviously and Turkmenistan. But other than that, um, it's, it's <laughs> I think that's that's the main ones. Those are the but, main autocracies. Yeah, like, you were talking about like your true crime. I mean, my favourite murder. You know, yeah. those two girls. They they sat down one day and decided let's we both love true crime let's do let's do a true crime podcast yeah. that thing is just massive now it's, it's absolutely yeah. huge and they are doing you know they tour internationally they mm. do they fill out theatres do you know what I mean so it's like you yeah. can decide to do something just decide to do it yes and you can then there is a way that you can then yeah, build and that. then keep doing it as well I think yeah, is, the, exactly. is the thing yeah, as well exactly yeah I'm feeling oddly inspired by this <laughs> <laughs> oh, do you know what I'm just I'm feeling this terrible <laughs> oh no I've, I've got a I've got a terrible middle-aged tour prom and going, he, my brain's going, yay, and my soul is going, oh, that sounds like a lot of effort. <laughs> it is, though. I mean, that I is, know, that's the, that is the truth of it. The truth of it is you can't, yeah, don't soft soap it. It is a lot more extra work. I think I'll just wait till they invent a chip that can go in my head and any idea will be broadcast to my fans without me doing anything more than that. that yeah. That's going to happen, yeah? That's, what? that's happening so, soon. That is a totally yeah. awesome business plan. Yeah. 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 Let's, Let's all do that. that. Yes, learned this year maybe other than I really should find myself a, a proper job or I really should or or I should you know I should find an escape hatch or I should I learned that I'm good at this but not so good at that or anything like that you get you're giving me terrible looks oh, now, no, well, I think it's quite <laughs> terrifying I mean I have what have I learned this year I, I have learned I you know I think I've you know I'm I don't know. I've, I've, I've learned that I'm a bit more useless than I need to be, <laughs> I think, unfortunately. Uh, and realising that life is a lot more about self-starting. I was, I was very lucky in the first part of my career that I tended to get a lot of work. I did a lot of work day writing on shows, and that doesn't really happen much anymore. And I was lucky enough to... And sketch come. shows, when there were uh, yeah. sketch shows. And uh, you'll get commissioned sketches, and I worked on a lot of sketch shows and, and you were radio in them, and like stuff like that. Yeah. And in them, and a lot of that happened. And, and um, I've been... 
talking to a lot of younger writers in a sort of trying to be nice and mentory type way, and quite often I go, I'm just so sorry, I don't know what to say these days, because at your age I was working on these two or three things that didn't sound like a great, you know, it's not the greatest comedy show or entertainment show in the world, but my goodness me, I was learning by doing, and I was earning money, and, and it was buying me time to go away and write my own things, and that doesn't really happen anymore, mm-hmm. and a lot of these younger writers are filling in by doing their own stuff, which is absolutely brilliant. And I'm learning that it's, it is, you do have to be a self-starter and I think you do have to be a performer and you do have to be maybe work on the production side of things to get ins at place. Because I've learned that I think being a pure writer, not just a writer, <laughs> yeah. no, but is, is becoming a slightly harder thing, certainly in comedy, mm-hmm. which I think because it is a very up-in-the-air subjective thing, commissioners and challenge trolls and people whoever would like to see something and hear people laughing so they can go okay this isn't i don't have to make the decision on this cold piece of paper mm-hmm. people are laughing at that i've seen it in a theater or whatever it, it yeah. seems to work and somebody that's said, gonna hey, be a better yeah. gamble than this bit of paper which might be the best crafted script in the world but equally i don't know yeah. and my cousin said have you seen this clip and i and i i've seen it you know what I mean? And somebody who isn't working in comedy is saying, you've got to see this. And I'm now going to make that a TV show. So I don't need to read a script and make a decision because the decision's been made yeah. for me. And yeah, of course, the, the corollary of that is that sometimes you've got someone who goes, they can make a brilliant two minutes once on mm. whatever. And you go, can you do it as a, you know, if you want to make it a sitcom, can you do it as a repeatable skill? And that's where you need a craft that it takes a long time to learn. So... Mm. Um, I don't know what I'm quite what I'm saying. I'm saying you, I think people do have to be more self-starting, like we've been discussing yeah. for the last half hour or so. That is the and I've discovered that I'm not very good at self-starting. And I, I, what I've also discovered this year, and I think this is an interesting thing, is that I find the business more and more tricky and makes me quite, you know, mm. will anything ever happen again? Will I ever get anything on? And yet, when I actually manage to get that torpor away and start writing, I still really enjoy writing mm. when I'm in the middle of it. And I think that's a really nice thing to have learned. Um, but I have learned that I'm basically useless and lazy. <laughs> <coughs> uh, Joe, have you? What have you learned this year? Well, I've, because I, my background's in children's drama and and, and children's comedy. Um, did things like My Parents Are Aliens and yes. um, Young Dracula and things like that. You know, so sort of came up through that route. And I then did sort of experiment working more in adult drama and doing some work in there, longer form as well, an hour instead of half an hour. And I have to say, I've, I've come back now to doing children's drama again, half hour, I'm working on two shows for CBBC at the moment. And I, my thing that I've learned this year is that I just love doing that. that. The reason why I did it and was successful initially is because I love doing it. Mm-hmm. And it is my favourite form of writing. Um, and so it's one of those funny things when you're writing, because people do tend to look down on children's dr- writing. Uh, it's seen as being, you're not really a proper writer some of the time. Do you know what I mean? Like your, your yeah, ambition should, are, your ambition so should be yeah. to, to want to write, um, you know, the bodyguard. or Do you know what I mean? You should want to write some mm. prime time, um, you know, big temple piece of drama. And, and obviously... There are people like Jed McCurra out there who can do it a lot better than me and are doing it. And I've realised that he loves doing that. And, you know, there, there are writers who love doing that. They do that well. And I think you write well in what your chosen genre is that you love doing. Mm. And my, my thing, the thing about children's drama is that it usually has a genre element to it. You're either, you could be writing about vampires, aliens, whatever. Do you know what I mean? 
you know, the two shows mm-hmm. I'm working on at the moment is obviously about a boy band and the other one's um, about a footballer. You know, they're, they're very, they're, there's a broad range of uh, Those are the main subjects. type of young people, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. it. Yeah. Are we going to combine the two together? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. my, my thing is really, I've just realised that, you know, uh, uh, be, be wary of what, be careful of what you wish for in terms of going, you know, always know what you, you are good at. And what you like doing, because it's really the two things are usually going to be the same thing, yeah. you know. And so I don't. I basically just realised that about myself is don't you know focus on what you like doing and keep doing that. I think that's really good advice, especially when I mean in a way it's, it's, it's a counterbalance to what Mark's saying in terms of you've got to be flexible and see what's out there, but equally you do sort of need to stick to your guns and work out why you wanted to be a writer in the first place. And if you stray too far away from that, because in, it, it's easy to say. All of these problems we're talking about, about comedy, they're not the problems of writing drama because drama is, is in an absolute heyday of making amazing stuff and the career path for drama writing and writing hour-long stuff seems much more regimented and, you know, you can go in via soaps and you start writing episodes of Doctors and all those sorts of things and eventually you'll become Sally Abbott or, or whoever. And no wonder Simon Nye... Sally Wainwright and Paul Abbott, I think you're... Oh, sorry. Sally Abbott is also a great... Sally yeah, yeah. yeah. She Sally does exist. She's a person, yeah. She sounds like a West Country detective of an amateur nature. But it's no Sally Abbott mysteries. But let's, let's be honest, I mean, <laughs> Stephen Moffat, Simon Nye and David Renwick are great sitcom writers and they're still alive and they're still working and they're not writing sitcoms. Yeah. And you, who, who can blame them? But they can only write drama because they want to. That's the thing that they want to do. Mm-hmm. So it's not for me to say that they should, they should want to write sitcoms. It's none of my business. Mm-hmm. But so I think it's really good advice that you have to, you have to do what you love doing. And actually, weirdly, I've discovered this year doing this podcast and doing uh, another podcast I do about Jesus um, that, uh, called Cooper and Gary Have Words um, is how much I love podcasting. It's not called Jesus Actually, Geeks. No, it's yeah. not Why called not? Jesus Geeks. No, although that's a great title. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but anyway... I really like doing podcasting, so actually I really want to kind of do do more in that space as well. And if that involves writing fiction to go with it or something, I don't know, but I think that's kind of what I've learned. Uh, this well, that's, year. that's interesting that you guys are both, from a very different uh, point of view, have come back to saying it's the writing, that's the main thing. That's that's And, and certainly that's the thing that I've found this year, and I've... I've, I've really enjoyed sort of getting a book together and then, then thinking about more ideas for, for other books, and that, that feels like... Um, that's where I'd like to go in the next year or so, mm. I think. But uh, certainly... Because oh, any author will tell you, books, that's where the money is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. True. But as, 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 as just a little Stephen bit. King, John Grisham, you know, these yeah. people don't Mark Evans. much money out of yeah. it. Yeah. But it's interesting how the... Um, the, the, the again, with the internet, the, the sort of description that, that I, I, I've read somewhere that that's really brilliant. If you think when you go into a bookshop and, you know, the first thing you see are these the tables and then these books there that it might be of interest to you, but they're kind of they're there for whoever, however many people. But Amazon, the bookshop Amazon, is like you go in there and straight away it knows you what you personally like and it sort of knows and it says that people who you know you show an interest in a book and people who bought that bought the a book that's kind of similar to that and that's how most people shop for books is they yeah. want one thing and then they get shown oh well actually this thing's a bit like the one thing that you like and they get more of that so it's like everybody has basically got a personal bookshop on their laptop or phone or whatever but that's you see that that's that's a very interesting question because we're discussing about my children watching tv mm-hmm. and it, it's 
almost the loss of serendipity in yeah. life and, and coming across things. And I don't think my children have ever sat down at a time to watch a thing they like, apart right. from once, which was the last episode of a series they were itching to see. Yeah. And, um, and that's the only time they've ever done it. And all you can do, you, what you can do now is you go on Netflix, you can watch the thing you love again and again and again. And as children, you know, we love repetition of things, mm-hmm. right? And the idea of finding something and going, oh, I've stumbled across this TV series because there's a, nothing else on. Is this about your open university stuff again? Because <laughs> I used to watch a lot of open... I just wanted to watch television and there were only three channels. And I, if, if, if you, you want to make discover watch, stuff, you yeah. will. And I think, I, think, I think the whole algorithms of recommendation, like Netflix, and their, although I think mm. their algorithm is a bit weird because it yeah. says, are you thoroughly enjoyed the Vietnam War? Why not the Great British Sewing Bee? <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, there was sewing in the Vietnam War of limbs... <laughs> <laughs> I'd app- watch the sewing bee if it was that. Yeah. If it was that, that'd be great. You know. Human limbs <laughs> on the battlefield. Yeah, drunk, sewing drunk, 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 drunk sewing bee. Drunk sewing bee. Drunk corpse sewing. Yeah. Oh, what about that? Drunk surgery. Drunk yeah. surgery. Drunk yeah. amateur yeah. surgery. Yeah. Yeah. No, the alcohol serendipity the thing. A bit of alcohol for the wound, you know. Absolutely. The serendipity <laughs> thing, I think, is a, is a good one. We should probably wrap up. Hannah, do you have one last thing that you've, you know, that you've either learned or stuff that... Oh, okay. Um, I uh, just not waiting for permission I think although in the sort of thing of me to do ask permission for certain things but don't <laughs> ask you know you don't have to uh, weirdly yeah just you don't ask permission like with drunk women it was an idea that we were pitching to a company for other people and then when they said no we were like oh that's a shame do we put it just on the pile of things that we've tried yeah. and then we were like well no why don't we do it we're do all it. funny and it's yeah. it's just having the confidence as well in your kind of Certainly, I've found recently in the last couple of years, I've got more confident. And I don't know whether that's just a shift in actu- in things for women recently. And I, I do think it is part of it. And I do feel more like, no, I do have something to say. Yes, it's drunk. And it's <laughs> it's about another woman who was murdered. But it's, um, you know, I feel more sort of... Um, yeah, I think your what you find funny is valid, and just yeah. make what you find funny, I think. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, like, can, I, can I just add one last thing? It's, Please do. Sorry, just thinking about with talking about and you know I think you know doing a podcast and and you know you can make sketches and short things like that but if you have written say a drama mm. or a sitcom script it's very hard to go and make that by yourself so yeah. automatically we're talking about getting off our backsides and make stuff is relatively limited in what you can actually do without even though kit is cheaper and yeah. your actors are basically free isn't that the what yeah. the internet's made that happen no but it, it does make it very hard yeah. if you if you're writing longer pieces so it's it's interesting you're i think trapped within certain yeah. parameters of what you can self-start yeah. with and the gatekeepers of tv and channels yeah. still exist for yeah. a proper sitcom or a drama you can't example. make your own night manager basically can you <laughs> you can have a go well you can have a go i'd probably have made it in about Half the time, you yeah. could you could do the reception with twice desk, the plot, you know, <laughs> you that, yeah. and make it all happen there. Yeah. yeah, I think like with that, I think don't take your eye off the ball for the long game. Yeah, but yeah. know that there are things that you can be doing. You know, I know people that I didn't even know were writers who are like people I sort of know vaguely, and they're like, I've been writing for ten years, and I'm like, but there is no evidence of it in a weird way. Mm. You, they've got you know some of their scripts that they've, you know, haven't got anywhere and stuff, but it's just that thing of, yeah. I know it sounds stupid, but just having evidence that you're doing yeah. stuff and that yes. you're keen and yeah. that you're passionate and yeah. Just one thing about that, just to add on to that, it is. I mean, the the one thing if, that you can't get away from is the fact that you, the Malcolm Gladwell ten thousand hours thing is real. Yeah. You know, yeah. you people are don't 
aren't good at something by accident. It is literally, unfortunately, doing the hard yards of just hour after hour after hour and draft after draft after draft and actually writing things. So the reason for making your own stuff is really because it's just a, a way of encouraging you to write more. Yeah. Now, you can do that in terms of just writing lots yeah. of spec scripts. You know, that most a lot of them are going to get rejected when you're young. And you, if you're really gritty at it, you can keep doing that. But that takes a lot of perseverance. And it will be a, a long time before you really get good, good enough to be actually produced, you know. So that's the reason for doing it yourself initially is because you can then just keep writing. Yeah. And you've got to write, 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 write. Absolutely. That's excellent advice on which to end this podcast. Thank you very much. I'm going to often write. Great. There you go. Um, why don't maybe, we say thank maybe. you very much uh, to, to Joe, to Mark and to Hannah and to you for listening. And thanks very much. Uh, thank you, 2018. Thank, thank you very uh, much. Welcome, 2019. Thank you very much. Say goodbye, Dave. Goodbye, Dave. And we'll speak to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. Bye.